Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. This segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at Two Under, Men's Performance Briefs, the unofficial underwear of the PGA Tour. Worn by PGA Tour players like Ricky Fowler, David Toms, Jerry Kelly, William McGirt, Jason Kokrak, and Matt Everett, to name just a few. Your buddies are going to think you're a stud if they're even seeing you in your underwear, and that's a whole nother story. And your girlfriend and or wife is going to love the side effects, a visually enhanced profile. The Joey Pouch technology provides the ultimate male asset management. It separates a man's most valuable assets from bodily contact to reduce unwanted skin-on-skin contact, providing less chafing, more control, and an altogether more luxurious feel. Start every round two under by wearing the coolest performance briefs on the market and use coupon code ONTHET20 to save 20% off your order at twounder.com. And that's the number two, UNDR.com. All right, now back with me is our resident director of instruction, Mr. Tom Patrick. You guys all know Tom. He's one of the top instructors in the game. You know right now he's down in Naples, Florida at Esplanade Golf and Country Club. You can sign up for video golf lessons through the V1 video app or on his uh, website, tompatry.com, P-A-T-R-I. You can also su- subscribe to his newsletter while you're on there as well. Tom is also a member of the Titleist Leadership Advisory Board. He's a two-time, you know, first-team All-American at Florida Southern, won the Division II National Championship in 1981, inducted into the Florida Southern Sports Hall of Fame in 2004, and always a privilege to have Tom as part of this show. Good evening, TP. How are you, my friend? Chrissy, how are you this morning? What's going on? Uh, I'm good. You tell me. How are you, my friend? How are things down in, in Naples, Florida? You guys staying safe? Well, we are. We're staying indoors, Chris. I uh, I shut down the lesson see about uh, a little over two weeks ago, and um, just felt like it was the right thing to do. I, it's funny. I got up uh, one morning and uh, and looked at my lesson schedule for the day. I had eight lessons scheduled, and uh, six of the people were, I'm sorry, four of the people were over 65, close to 70, and two were around 80. And just thought to myself, you know, what if I was, uh, what if I was carrying and didn't know it? Um, and what if I infected somebody that age? I just thought, that, you know, the prudent thing to do was to uh, was to shut it down. So I did. Got a phone call about uh, how serious this thing really is about an hour ago that uh, the couple that I usually spend time with on Long Island, actually stay with when I teach on Long Island, who have been dear friends for uh, over 30 years now, he is home right now. He's infected with the, uh, with the virus, and his ah, wife, uh, Kathy, who's a good friend, is actually in a hospital and got word about about an hour ago, she wasn't doing very well, and it didn't look very good. God knows. Yeah. I, you know, this this whole situation, you know, with, um, you know, people that are, you know, north of 60, north of 70, in the 80s, I mean, it's 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 terrifying to me. I mean, I, you know, from my in-laws who are in their early 70s to my parents are, are in their middle 70s, and you know, we just don't, we don't dare be around them. Uh, you know, we're yeah, all fine. We all feel fine, but to your point, you just don't know. Yeah, I just that, that phone call a while ago got, made everything. You know, it was already very serious to me and very real to me, but that that made it extremely real. And uh, 
when it's somebody who you care about and you're close to, and then you get that kind of phone call, it's uh, it makes it extremely real and extremely raw. I, you know, my yeah, when, I just can't imagine. That's your whole I, world, I, right, up there at Long Island? Well, yeah, and those are my people and the, you know, my dear friends. And, you know, I, back to the Florida governor, I just don't understand uh, – I don't understand a lot of things, maybe, but I don't understand how how uh, how we've handled this thing from a federal or a state level, and how long it's taken us to kind of come to grips with the fact that this is as real and as serious as it is. Um, uh, it's I just think we we, uh, we 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 took a swing and a miss at this thing, and we, we really did a bad job with it. Yeah, well, there's no question that there's a lot of opportunity to do a lot of things differently or better we're we're sort of behind and it, it it makes you sort of shake your head and I don't want to get off on a political rant or anything but you know when we saw what was happening over in Italy you know for our ancestors and uh you know, everything that happened in in Asia and and all of those sorts of things I think uh, unfortunately we miscalculated as a country what this was going to do like we were different or special or better or something and we right. grossly miscalculated, and now we're paying a unbelievably expensive price. And um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Shaking my head. I agree. So, Tom, what's, I mean, what, what's, what's your what's, what's your thought? Like, when do we get back to normal? And when you know, what what do you think happens with the remainder of of the PGA and LPGA tours? When when do you think we start to see that again, or do we? You know, you know, Chris, I've been I've been. <laughs> I've been thinking about that for the better part of two weeks. I don't, uh, I really don't know if I'm going to have a uh, summer teaching schedule this year. I, I, um, you know, we just went 30 days, you know, just at uh, six o'clock tonight, come in prison on, on the airwaves. And uh, uh, I don't see, you know, if, if we were really, really lucky, in my opinion, I, I might not give a golf lesson until mid July. Um, and, uh, wow. and the problem with that, group, really? the problem with that, group, yeah, well, the problem with that is, you know, I do my stuff on the road during the summer. So, for somebody like me, if all of a sudden the world gets semi-right again in July, you know, people are one are severely financially impacted, and you know that's discernible income. So, I don't think the first thing on their mind is taking a golf lesson or going on a golf trip or taking a golf school uh, or traveling a whole lot or staying in a hotel or getting on a plane. You know, I think they're skeptical about that coming out of the other side of this and and two you know their first you know their first thing is getting back to work making sure their family's okay and and writing the ship so i don't know if i don't you know i i think you know I, i've heard guys on different podcasts on different radio shows and tv and the golf channel and and uh online talk about teaching you know june 1st i i think that's i think that's a fantasy i really do and as far as the pj tour is concerned you know Again, large gatherings. I mean, they're talking about this thing circling back in the fall um, and, and coming back again if we're not very careful with it. And, and, and by the way, we still don't have a vaccine or a cure or, or any kind of treatment yet. So I, I, I don't know, Chris. I, I, I'm not trying to be the pessimist, but I think we have a long road. So do you think we could lose the entire PGA Tour season? I mean, no majors, no nothing. We'll see you next spring. I mean, you know, to your point, for for those that are really foreshadowing gloom and doom, we're talking about you know potentially seeing the backside of this flu come back. You know, and and when, what would be the normal flu season right north of October? 
right? Right. We could lose it all, I'm not, right? I'm not trying to, and I'm not. Listen, I'm. I hope I am. I hope I'm so wrong. I hope that scientists and and, and the medical community uh, rallies and and find some miraculous vaccine a cure. But you know, everything I've read, the protocol is these kind of things take over a year to develop, uh, and then you still have to produce them in mass quantities, and then you still have to dispense them. Um, if you were the commissioner of the PGA Tour, would would you want to open a tournament gate to 30,000 spectators a day in July um, and be responsible for that? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if yeah. I would. I, I don't. Not, not without assurances, I, I, I right? I don't. I don't envy the commissioner of any sport right now. I don't. I don't envy anybody that runs a large corporation or a factory or anything else uh, where that requires a skill set a skill set to, you know, gather people together in close proximity right now. I think everybody's been pretty gun shy. It's still amazing to me, Chris. The thing that's really amazing to me is how many people have not really embraced what's going on yet or think that it's, you know, not as serious as it is. Uh, there's, there's still a fact, a faction of the American public that clearly hasn't wrapped their head around this thing yet, which, which creates a huge amount of lag time and going to sustain the, the, uh, the, the downside. So I don't know. I don't know if we have a season. I I, I am skeptical we have a season. I, I certainly I think your point about the fall and the flu season in the fall and this thing circling back is a valid point. I'm not optimistic. I'm and I'm, I'm listen. I'm I'm the most positive guy in the whole world. You know that. Uh, uh, but you know I don't I don't know. I don't know if we have a season. So let's take that out a little further, Tom. I mean, for a couple of different reasons. One, you talked earlier about your. Um, your hesitance to be around some of your students that are 60, 70, 80 years old, and rightfully so. But you and I are north of 50, and we, we can see 60 coming up on the horizon. you got to be a little worried about yourself, first of all, too, right? I mean, you, you can't – and I appreciate the fact that you're worried about others first. But Chris, Chris, we're north just, of 50. It's not like we're far outside the crosshairs. How, how old are you, Chris? I'll be 55 in a few weeks. Well, your, your friend here is 61. Okay, um, now he's pretty healthy, and he and he and he keeps he takes care of himself. Yeah, I am worried about others first, but that's usually what I do. But uh, I'm concerned about me too. And and I, I think the other thing we, we're seeing now too, and we have to really be aware of, is that yes, certainly people that are older are more susceptible. But now we're seeing cases in 20 and 30 year olds too. So it's not like this disease. Age discriminates. It does not. I mean, and certainly a stronger body, a younger body can fight it off a little bit better. But we, we've had some fatalities in the 20s and 30s, too. So we're not we're not exempting those people either. Um, and certainly, you know, the invisible enemy here carries this thing around. You, you, don't, you don't know who you're standing next to or who you're standing. It's funny. I, I went to a pack and ship right. today to send some to send some golf clubs to somebody in, uh, in the UPS store. And I, and I was wearing a mask. So, so you know, laugh at me if you will, but I was wearing a mask and I was very conscious of not standing within ten feet of anybody to get my to get my boxes shipped. So, um, listen, I, there's so many unknowns here and so many things we don't understand about this yet that uh, I think we got a long road ahead. As a a PGA professional that makes his livelihood on people being on the practice tee and lessons and golf schools and all of those things. And you talked a little bit about this last time. 
But from an economic perspective on a personal level, this has got to take a tremendous toll on you. Oh, I'm getting crushed, man. We're all getting crushed. I'm not alone. I'm not, I'm not having a pity party for myself here. I mean, anybody that's an independent contractor right now that works on an hourly basis, like, just, we're just like a dentist. There's not somebody in our chair. We're not filling a filling. We're not getting paid. Um, we don't have a paycheck. We, we create a, we create paychecks on an hourly basis. So we're getting crushed. Um, you know, I mean, I've looked into the stimulus package and what it's going to, what it's going to do for an independent contractor, but you know, how long can that last? Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, pal. We, we got, we got a long road ahead. Yeah, indeed. All right. So let's, let's get over to the, the brighter side of the world for, for a minute. And I agree. I know let's, we don't have. Do we we don't have live golf tournaments that we get to you know kind of revel in and and, and check out. Um, let's talk all time golf tournaments. Your, your top five favorites that you might be pulling up on YouTube or checking out on the Golf Channel or ESPN Classic. What are your, some of your favorites, Tom, and why? Well, it's funny. Just for the folks out there listening, you, you texted me earlier today and told me to think about that, and I put some real thought into. I did a little research. I I went to my research capabilities, Chris. My my intelligence. My my fact finding it was unbelievable. <laughs> search over. Just, just you dug real. deep, in other words. Very deep. So, so you know, I and I listened to Paul before before me, and uh, Paul's a dear friend. What a great guy he is. But uh, the first thing I came up with that, that jumps into my mind, and, and by the way, before I even go into this, I've been you know I've been trying to search TV for things I want to watch, and I, I got to say, my friends at the Golf Channel have done a really crappy job of. I mean, for three days this week, they had the second and third, the third and fourth rounds of the Valspar on 24-7-365. Now, think about the library of golf tournaments that the Golf Channel has on, and he claimed the Valspar. I mean, come on, guys, really? Can you come up with something better than that for three days in a row? Somebody's asleep at the wheel in Orlando. Let's, let's get after it here, guys. Anyway, my first one is, uh, is far and away um, Tiger Woods at Pebble winning by you know, 15 shots in 2000. I mean, I just think about that golf tournament. I remember watching that golf tournament in 2000 when Tiger was obviously busting through our TV screens and winning a U.S. Open by 15 shots. I mean, I, I still have trouble wrapping my head around that. Uh, by the way, the previous record was 13 shots, which was 140 years earlier by Tom Morris at Prestwick. So let's put that in perspective. Tom Morris at Prestwick Okay, in 1865, won by 13 shots, and it was 140 years later when Tiger Woods broke the open or major record of margin of victory at Pebble in 2000. So that's my number one. I think that was just, I sat there, I remember sitting there watching that thinking, what in the hell is this guy doing? He is beating the entire talented professional world by 15 shots. I don't think you ever see that again, maybe 140 years from now. But, but not 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 sooner. So that's my number one. My number two, which is a which is kind of a, an emotional uh, number two, uh, was Seve at St Andrews in 1984. Uh, uh, obviously, you know, Chris, he was a friend of mine, and uh, the famous fist pump on the 18th green when he made that putt, and Watson was making bogey on the road hole at 17. Uh, that was something that I, I you know, I, I can watch that a thousand times in a row instead of the Valspar. I can promise you that. Um, number three, again, is an emotional one friend, uh, and I was with him when he did this in 1984, Freddie winning a TPC, uh, which is arguably the fifth major. Um, but I remember, you know, really distinctly, I, 
I pulled them there for the second round, and I stayed with him uh, the last two nights. Uh, and he beat Watson, Trevino, Ballesteros coming down the stretch. So I think about 1984, who Watson, Ballesteros, and Trevino were in 1984, and uh, and who Freddie was in 1984, having only won one time up to that point, which was the Kemper. And he beats those guys coming down the stretch. We went out to dinner afterwards. By the time we got out of the media and all the volunteer parties, Chris, it was about 10:30 at night. We couldn't. We had we were starving. We hadn't eaten anything, and we pulled into a now, think about Sawgrass in 1984, not nearly as developed as it is now. We pulled into a place called Hans Bistro at 10.30 at night, and, and Hans was waiting on us and didn't have a clue who Fred Couples or Tom Patry was or the, the TPC trophy that was sitting on our table, what that was. And uh, I remember saying to Freddie, you know, you, you just won the Tournament Players' Championship. You just beat Ballesteros and Watson and Trevino. And he turned to me being Freddie and he said, yeah, Tom, but they're good. That, that's that's how humble Fred Couples is, and uh, and how he stays still today. So that was really fun being with him for that. And then my number four was Fear at the Masters. You know, Tiger coming back. I mean, I remember sitting there on Sunday and and watching Molinari dunk it. You know, on twelve, and then and Tiger take over the lead, and Changyun coming down the stretch, and how emotional that must have been, and then him hugging his kids and his mother off eighteen green, and it was it was awesome. So that was those are my my top four. Um, but my my fifth one is really the masterpiece. That's uh, that's the 1981 NCAA Division II National Championship in Tom Patrick won. So that's that's my that's my that's my number five. And it, I, I can't I can't believe how that would make everybody's top five. My you know, my my 81 NCAA Division II National Championship win should be in everybody's top five. It, it certainly is in mine for sure. So I, oh, I'm, I'm with sure, you. I don't sure. understand how that couldn't be in everybody. It's, it's right behind. It's right behind the Red Sox World Series, right? Right, right there with that. <laughs> That's right. It's right. Well, I mean, it's right. It's right behind the 2004 a- ALCS, which to me is the greatest four days, you know, probably of my life outside of my the birth of my children and my in my I've wedding. Got, I've got, I've got two particular four-letter words for you, and I'm so sure you can guess both of them. <laughs> no doubt you do. Um, Tom, I want to get a, a, one of the themes of tonight's show are, are, are some things that people can do now that we're all stuck at home. Many of us can't get out to a practice range or a golf course or do any of those things. Our our practice range now is our backyard or our living room. What yeah, what sure, are some sure. drills that uh, you can pass along that uh, our listeners might be able to do while we're trapped at home? Well, first of all, Chris, you know how I feel about short game. So if, if anybody out there is listening and they're, and they're stuck at home and they, and they want to work on their golf game, if they don't have somewhere in their house that they can putt, uh, and, and there's so many good, you know, artificial putting mats out there now, uh, get one, you know, get one right away. You got to be, you got to have a putter in your hands every day. I mean, that's something you just have to do. Um, and then, you know, if you have a, uh, an orange whip or a string fan or a weighted club, you certainly at the very least be making swings with one of those devices every day for 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, I, I actually swung a swing fan and I have a, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little over the top, but I have a, uh, a, uh, explainer swing plane, uh, device in my garage, uh, in full size, which I was on today for about 15 minutes. Um, but you gotta have a putter in your hands. You gotta be doing some, making some kind of motions every day. And I think the orange grip is the easiest thing. They come in all lengths and sizes now. So even if you have a low ceiling, you have a short one now, you can swing indoors, even in the nine-foot ceiling or an eight-foot ceiling. So 
that's at a very minimum. But you got to have something in your house that you're making swings with every day. You got to be doing some aspect of short game, and particularly putting would be my number one indoors. Um, certainly a great time, as you said earlier, to do some studying too and get on YouTube and and there's so much great resource out there. My my YouTube channel has over 150 tips on it right now that you can access for free. So I invite everybody to go on there and subscribe to that. And and certainly if you have any questions, to download one of my one of my tips. If you want to send it to me at my email address and, and ask any questions about it, you know I welcome that. What else am I doing right now? Besides picking my nose. So uh, you know you can certainly use that. As a, you can certainly you can certainly use that as a resource. And I'm happy to answer any questions. But what a great time to study a little bit, do some reading and some research, and look at some great video. There's so much great stuff on YouTube now. Um, uh, Paul's site, which you mentioned earlier, Romain's site, and my site is certainly available. And again, it's free, you know. So uh, if it's free, why don't you take three? You know? So, so go ahead. Let me get a couple of other shots that uh, we've talked a bit about tonight. Um, the tight lie. It's uh, we may be on uh, just a little bit short of the green. It's a tight lie. It's hard ground. Um, a lot of times when we're trying to hit that shot, we I see so many people just automatically pull their 60 degree wedge or their 56 degree wedge, and they chunk it um, or they blade it across the green. When you're faced with a tight lie shot, just a little bit short of the green, what club do you recommend that we pull, and how do we hit that shot so it's nice and crisp? but it's not a dump a couple of feet in front of us or scald all the way across the green. Yeah, it's funny, Chris, you bring that up because one of my last lessons before I shut it down a couple of weeks ago was that exact thing. And I have a guy who's a really dear friend of mine who I teach named George Capper and George is probably 75 or 76. And he's, he's not a very good short game player and he's not a very good wedge player. And he came over to the short game area and dumped some balls down. And he said, see, I, I can't, keep, I can't get this ball on the green from here. And he really, 10 or 12 yards off the putting surface and it was really tight and, and he had a, you know, he had very much, he had a 60 degree in his hands. And I walked back to my bag and I came back with a, uh, a hybrid and I hit a little bump and run shot up the hill of a hybrid about three feet from the hole. And he was like, well, is that legal? I said, well, yeah, of course it's legal. You can use any, any of those 14 clubs are available to you. And I put the hybrid in his hands and he, the first motion he made, he, he holds he holds it out, knocked it in the hole, ran, ran it up the hill, wow. crossed the green perfectly, took a little break right, left to right, went right in the middle of the hole. And he looked at me, he goes, lesson's over, TP, I got it. I go practice. I said, no, George, you listen. <laughs> Hang on a second now. You've never done this before in your life. And that was that was great that you did that, but that was your first attempt. I'd have to chalk it up to luck. So there is some feel involved in that. But the great thing about the hybrid off that tight line is it's not going to dig. Um, you know, it's got a little bit of loft to get the ball tumbling a little bit up the hill. And it just takes a little bit of work with to develop some speed control, just like a lag putt would be speed control. Um, but it takes all that, all that leading edge, all that bounce out, out of play for a little while for the guy who's got a little bit of the jitters in that area. It's a great shot to have. Um, oh, one of my champion store friends, I'm not going to mention who it is because he would probably kill me if I said his name, but he, uh, we, we had the same discussion a couple years ago at the, uh, at the Chubb here in Naples. And he was hitting that shot in practice a lot. And I said to him, uh, I'll call him Bill. I said, Bill, why, you know, why, why don't you pitch the ball from here anymore? Tom, he goes, I, I got the shakes here a little bit. And I'm choking my guts out coming down the stretch. The wedge is not coming out of the bag. So I said, I, I get it. I understand. I understand. So it's a great go-to shot around the greens. And uh, it's very safe. 
All right. So let's let's go a little bit uh, the, the other way, right? As as we're moving further back, maybe now in we're at 50 yards, still with the same sort of tight lie kind of shot. Talk about how we can right. light that ball in and not end up doing the same thing. I think the first thing people have to understand, Chris, is the golf club themselves. They don't understand the word bounce or what the word bounce means necessarily. And I think they, when they hear the word bounce, they think the club's going to bounce. And that's not what it means. So I, re, I always rename the word bounce when I teach people about the bottom of the club. I rename it the skitter. Uh, and Bob Vokey, who's a dear friend of mine, loves this. You know, I call it the skitter because if you, if you play the club on the ground more in the trailing edge of the club, uh, more on the back of the club with the club a little bit open and the trailing edge exposed to the ground. It just does that. It skids. Anytime you've got the leading edge involved, uh, there is a chance that the club will dig. And I think the things we do wrong in our setup with those types of shots are we've been told universally to play the ball back in our stance, wait on our left foot and our hands way forward, and uh, and they square the club face up. And that's, that's a recipe for the club to dig every time. You hit a couple of chunks and then you flinch on and then you hit a couple of goals. Now you're playing, you know, you're playing hockey instead of playing golf. So I like the ball more centered. I like the you know, club back on the trailing edge to get the skitter involved. I like the hands more neutral and the weight more neutral and learn how to basically brush the ground with the trailing edge of the club with a skitter. So it won't dig. And, and usually it takes a very short period of time to get somebody to convert from, from a very non-confident type stroke to a really reliable stroke wants to understand the golf club and how to use the trailing edge or the bounce, which is called the skitter. And Tom, if we've hit a bit of a wayward shot and we find ourselves off the fairway in the junk, no, maybe... You don't do that, do you? You don't hit any wayward shots, do you? Very rarely. I'm not talking... I'm not asking for myself. I'm asking for a friend. Oh, okay. okay. So, so if my friend hits it off the fairway... And he hits it into the pine straw, or maybe into the leaves this time of year. So it's it's loose there. How do we not let the club slide underneath the ball and just not hit it anywhere? How do we get a, a more crisp shot there? Okay, that 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 you're asking me to play a fairway bunker shot, basically. So first of all, understand something: pine straw are loose impediments. Okay, so that's the first thing. So the first thing you want to make sure is that when you make that swing, you don't. Your feet, your footwork, you don't slide or, or, or move around with your base at all. You have a stable environment to play from. So you can brush and prime store out of the way and without building a stance, just brush it out of the way to get, get your feet on solid ground. So that's the first thing. And then second of all, just like you would a fairway bunker shot, you're going to try to pick that ball. You're not going to go down and get it. You're going to pick it. So I'm going to grip the club down a little bit. I'm going to shorten the club up a little bit in my hands. So I'm going to make some rehearsal swings where I'm just barely clipping. This is a feel shot clipping the top of the pine straw. And just like the fairway bunker shot, I'm going to kind of stay very stable with my lower body. I'm not going to have a lot of activity with my lower body. I'm going to make a modified size backswing and try to just take it off that pine straw. I mean, you can't go at that shot hard because you, if you slip at all, you catch it a little bit heavy, you know where it's going to go. It's going to go about 10 feet in front of you. So, Tom, before I let you go, and all great stuff as always, talk about for folks that want to start to uh, get some video lessons, from you and I've got my my hand raised in the air. How can we get our videos to you? How can we get you to critique them? And how can we sign up for some video lessons since we can't get there on the practice tee with you? You know, and obviously at this at this with the with the craziness in the world right now, that's that's kind of my main thing right now. So 
folks, please jump in. Uh, I just actually put a special up on social media that a single video lesson is $19.99. So you can get a video lesson if you're swinging that analyzed for $19.99, or you can buy three video lessons for $49.95. Uh, and you do that by uploading. First of all, if you don't have it uploaded to the V1 app, you're crazy. You should, everybody should have the V1 app on their phone or on their iPad, every person in the world. And then you can actually videotape yourself within the app, the V1 app. You know, you could use your backyard making practice swings. You can make some swings indoors. You can, hit, you, know, you can send me putts. You can send me pitch shots. You can send me full swings. You know, any, any swing you want down the line or face on. And then upload it to me through the V1 app by searching. There's an instructor tab when you go to send. You'll, you'll have a, a menu, a scroll down, and you just find Tom Patreon there. You click it in and save me as your instructor. And you send it. And you pay for it by either using PayPal or Venmo. And once I get the payment, I open up the uh, video, which I would have received through the V1 app, and I do the analysis and get back in. I've got, of course, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful teaching tool. It's very powerful. I, I have the ability to upload and attach in my response to you whatever I decide to do. Over 150 drills that I filmed indoors in a TV studio, that I can seamlessly attach. So you get full audio, full video. You get attached drills, graphics, and analysis uh, back uh, in a matter of. Uh, seconds basically so i do about uh, right now i'm doing about 25 or 30 of those a day so just hop in there and get involved it's a, it's a, it's a no-brainer for anybody out there that wants to uh create a relationship with a coach that can get you 27 you know 24 7 365 and you, again you can you can be making things in your backyard and send me send me video well tom that's a great tool and and something that i highly encourage everyone to take a look at and like to your point download the the v1 golf app do right on your on your smartphone, so no no problem there. Get your phone set up behind you, and, and just I don't want to speak for you, but for for folks that want to send you video, talk about the ideal angle. What angle do you want to be able to see so that you can properly understand what's going on in their golf swing? One of the things I once I get somebody that's a regular user, one of the things I encourage them to do, Chris, is I for for nineteen ninety nine, for example, uh, as a single analysis, I let them send me both angles because uh, I think that's uh, necessary for me to make a really solid analysis. And I return both angles, by the way, too. So the face-on angle, or we call that the caddy view, is if it was directly in front of you, facing you chest on to chest on, uh, you'd want your hands to be the center of the frame, and you'd want to make sure you were wide enough that I never lost the club head in any portion of the swing. I always want to be able to see the face of the club at all points in the swing, face-on. And then down the line, I want the camera to have the center of your hand line your hands at address at the center of the frame. And again, I don't want to lose the club at any portion at all on the down the line view. So for, for 1999, you actually get two videos back. You get down the line and face on because I, I discuss different things that are going on. Face on, I talk a lot about the body and what the body's doing and down the line, I talk a lot about the club and what the club is doing as far as playing the path and, and face progression in the golf swing. So you get a lot of information back for 1999 for two views. Well, TP, I can't thank you enough for coming back and being a part of the show again this week, my friend. You're fantastic as always. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, you and uh, and Mrs. Patry, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you again in a couple of weeks. Chris, uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, to everybody out there, please stay safe, take this thing seriously, stay at home. Uh, let's get let's get the country healthy again, but most of all, let's keep everybody safe and uh, and and really beat this thing. Uh, God bless everybody. Thanks for having me on, Christopher. You bet, Tom. Take care, my friend.
Bye-bye. That's a great Tom Patry, P-A-T-R-I. TomPatry.com is his website. And uh, like I say, download that V1 app. Get get those videos to Tom. Let him do the analysis. Your golf game is certainly going to be way better for it. Of all the great teachers there are out there, Tom Patry is, is at the very top of that list. And more importantly to me, he's a hell of a guy and uh, a, a really good friend. And uh, I love that guy. And um, staying healthy, staying safe is uh, what we all need to be doing. And uh, I hate it for Tom and all the PGA professionals, LPGA professionals out there, that this is cratering there like a small business. And that coronavirus is cratering those small businesses. And those are dollars that uh, stimulus package or not, they're, they're never going to get back. The, the new ways with, uh, with technology and video that uh, for us, we don't have to suffer and not not have lessons and put our golf games you know back on the shelf after we finally got them down for the winter so let's 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 utilize the video portions let's utilize the apps like v1 and others to uh continue to make our golf swings be better give us something to do and get out in the backyard and swing a golf club and get a little exercise and continue to have some fun and when this finally lifts hopefully that happens right you know tom's saying you know boy i sure hope i'm wrong about this thing and i hope he's wrong too He's typically wrong about a lot of things. I mean, as a Yankee fan, he can't help himself. But um, hopefully we're able to get back out and, and start to play before long. And we want our golf games to be in shape. Let's not, you know, let the rust uh, stay on that we got over the winter. Start knocking off now. Hut around. Do some chipping in the backyard. Get video lessons and, and start utilizing those sorts of things. So we come back strong and we're ready to go and, and, and enjoy whatever we have left of the golf season. I think it's a great thing. Tom's a great guy, and uh, hopefully uh, we we can get him back on the show again here in a couple of weeks, and things are better. All right, folks, this uh, time to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Tee. My sincere thanks to Jason Hayes, Paul Ramey, and, and Tom Patry as well. Please check out our website, nextonthetee.net, to keep up to date with uh, who we have coming on. Our guest schedule is right there for you. You can also stream or download any of our archive episodes. Go over to podcast.co those guys have been uh, really great to us we're on apple podcast google podcast podbean spotify iHeartRadio, audio boom player.fm we're all over the net uh please check us out take us with you everywhere you go because you can listen right there on your smartphone as well folks thanks again for choosing to listen to this show today we really appreciate the fact that you continue to make next on the t a part of your golfing content until next week hit them straight my friend Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. 
Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.